Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Talk Recorded live.
Bishop, I see you. Hold on a second. This is the first time we Okay. This is the first time we done come on right on to it. I know. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's all right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's getting better. It's getting better. You do that. Praise the Lord. Yes, bless him. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I'm sorry for the delay. I had a man fix, do some fixing in my house, and uh-huh. he lost his paper that gets him paid, that some type of relief form. I was oh. trying to send him over a copy of what I had of that form. Okay. So, okay. Well, well, you know, they got to get paid, so at least you have. Yeah. They got to get paid. Yes, yes, yes. All right, now, let me pull up the outline, see where we were. Uh, okay, so we did that, we did that. We even did the burial. I have a chapter here that talks about the burial, but in our previous conversation, we have that already. So, okay, that's that. Then we have the morning after. We did that. Okay. Um, all right, so today we're going to talk about all grief. Not being the same, and then we'll talk about being alone with uh, loneliness. Are you okay with you? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So you want to pray? You want me to pray? You pray today. Pray. Okay. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being God and God alone. We thank you for being Alpha and Omega. We come before you, touching the green in the name of Jesus and faith knowing that you have already answered this prayer. God, we just thank you so much for this moment, for this time, for this opportunity. And we ask that you continue to bless us both to do what it is that you would have us to do in the years before you call us home, oh God. We ask that you continue to bless us with your mercy and your forgiveness of everything that we've done against you, oh God, as we forgive those who have sinned against you and us. God, we love you today. And we ask that you continue to put your hand over everything uh, that concerns us, that it revolves around our lives, oh God. And bless this union, bless this meeting, bless this book, oh God. Let it continue to draw so much attention uh, that even those who um, would claim to be the know-all, end-all, be-all, where concerns books would just have to pay attention to what's going on here. Let it bless the lives of people break things off of them and release them into healing and wholeness. And we ask that um, you see to it that it sells exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask and think. We love you today, oh God. And we call it done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So um, all grief is not the same. Um, I'm going to break down the five stages of the grief process according to society. But um for what I from what you've told me it seems like there was shock, then there was hurt and then it was anger. Is that correct or would you say Yeah. What you say? Yeah. Oh okay. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, shock, you have sorrow, you have um, anger. Mhm. Believe bitterness in some way may be in there. 
bitter, bitterness uh, does it come after all the shock, hurt, and anger, or does it come after the burial? Or well, you know, it, 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 it's the society. There's five five uh, grief stages, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have a, a, a specific um, alignment to it. You know, mm-hmm. some people can go through anger first. You know, shock later, mm-hmm. uh, sorrow, then anger. You know, mm-hmm. then bitterness. You know, it's just there's really no uh, line, a uh, set line of which how it will how it will flow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, what what are there any stages that you felt you were revisiting over? and over again or that you revisit or that revisits you, so to speak? Is there any cycle that you go through more than the other? Um, I think the sorrow and the uh, the anger, mm-hmm. you know, the sorrow and mm-hmm. the anger. Do you... Um, is it when you is there a difference between the two when you think about your parents? In other words, is there more sorrow when you think about your dad and more anger when you think about your mom or both? Um, sorrow with more sorrow with my mom and more anger with my dad. Why is that? Because my mother, I understand her more. I understand the the whole departure a little bit better. It's not comfortable, but mm-hmm. I have a better grip on that. Where my sister don't. My sister oh. breaks with hides and stuff in her head and her legs. Um, where I, my father, she's a lot more, you know, understanding and, you know, it's just sorrow. But with my mother, mm-hmm. it's, you know, she actually breaks out with hives. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, my mother, I kind of understood. She, she was like, "Listen, I, I've done all I can. Right. I've done all I can. Um, I'm ready to go. Dad is gone. We need to move on at this point. You know. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I would prefer for her not to." But I, I do understand, and um, the way she went, I was happy with it as well. Okay. I was, I, I was okay with it, you know. Mm-hmm. She, did. she, you know, she told the nurse, cut off the light, cut off the TV. Wow. Give me a glass of water, and after five minutes later, she was gone. There's some kind of woman. This yeah. is just some kind of woman. Wow. Yeah, she called that thing. Yeah, she did. Like she did everything else, right? <laughs> she called it. You know? Wow. So, That's amazing. I, I'm sorrowful that she's not here. I'm sorrowful that I don't have a mom. Mm-hmm. But I'm not angry. You know, I'm not angry. Okay. But with dad, you, you're angry. At the time I get, I get upset. I get really upset. I get tired about it. That I don't have a dad because I'm a dad, you know, and and, mm. and I understand the importance of a father, 
having five children and how strongly they need me, mm-hmm. how strongly they pull on me, opposed to their mother. You know, they don't pull on her as much. Oh. Nowhere, nowhere near. <laughs> Which is really different. Uh, you know, when you look at the way, you know, certain things are set up, they usually, most kids usually pull on the mom more than they do the dad. But for you, the kids are pulling on you more than mom. Oh, they come to me for everything. They won't come to her. They won't do that. Well, I love it. How about you? I know it could be. <laughs> you know, they, they, they really do pull on me. Even the one child that she has living with her of mine uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. after, I, after I wore her behind out, mm-hmm. At 15 years old, I, I still got it sometimes go there. And okay. I, I wore her out, and it shocked her system because I don't think she's had a a beating since she was like three or four. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I beat early. Yeah, I agree. I, I beat early, so I don't have to do it, you know. Later. Later. So as long as you know mom, don't say stop, mom, dad, stuff like that, you understand. Mm-hmm. So um, I go in, but she hasn't, she hasn't faced that. Mm-hmm. So she was really shocked, but, um, you know, she was upset about it. And, I mean, I really wore her out, too. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I wore her out. And so uh, Sunday, by, by, by yesterday, um, she said, you know, I really want to know, do you think it would be all right if I come live with you? Oh, wow. Because when you parent, <laughs> you know, they get it. Yeah. You know, if you try to be a friend, which your mother tries to do, it's not going to work. No, you it never works. It's not going to work. Right. You know, so, so now she actually, you know, wants to come live with me again after a beating. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just my children. They they gonna come to me for just about everything. They're okay. not gonna pull their moms. Mm. She's a good woman. She's just a good woman. She just has she don't have the methods and the training I have. See, I, I, mm-hmm. when you when you when you have me, you have a mom and a dad. Because I sat up under my mom for most of my childhood. And then when I became about 18, 19, me and my father got very close. Mm-hmm. And I was always up under him, but now I was really up under him. Yeah. And I learned to know him and mm-hmm. learned a whole lot about being a man and, you know, uh, and then he got sick. So, you know, I know how to be that nurse dad. Yeah. You know, I know how to be that um, that nurturing that a mother mm-hmm. gives. But I, my mother put that nurturing in me. Yeah. And this when you're sick, I'm 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 going to be one to go to the pharmacies and. Get you some medication and wrap you up in the bed. When yeah. In my life, she didn't do that. Their mother okay. didn't do that. Okay, I was going to say. So. She must not have known that that's what you do. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't know. Okay. 
you know. So, you know, that, that's, that's that with, with, with me. So my children are very dependent on me. Mm. Um, so five kids, they're all dependent on you more so than mom. Uh, they live with you. They go to you for everything. Um, does this trigger any positive things to help you get through? Uh, or did it ever trigger, even when it may have been less or they may have been younger, uh, may have been less children or they may have been younger, did it trigger anything positive to help you get through or did it drive you into further depression because you're constantly reminded of who you have to be versus what you don't have as far as your parents? Well, it, it really does trigger me because, you know, they, they put that parenthood in me. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, they taught me parenthood. That's another deposit they put in me. I had great, great parents, and they knew how to handle responsibilities and how to sacrifice and put the children sometimes even before yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and focus on the children's needs and education and, you know, protection of them and the guidance, nurturing. So, you know, parenting, when you're really a parent, mm-hmm. you know, hurts and pains don't stop you from being a parent. You got that right. You know, it's it's like you have a job to do, and that job has to be done. And for for me, what it does is, unfortunately, of course, it, it has me on the job and not able to help me with with my own healing. So that's mm. that that's the that's the down to it. That you're gonna stay on your job. It's gonna mm. you're gonna do it still to the best, but putting so much effort there and no effort towards yourself. Um, mm. Yeah, as you in a bad place, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can't afford you can't. to take a, you can't afford to take no sabbatical when you raise children, because that that one sabbatical could throw off your whole home. Yeah, it can. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You have to stay on that job and deal with your pain at another time. Mm. Well, when do you? Deal with your pain personally. When were you able to, or when did you carve out the time outside of parenting and going to work and uh, pastoring? When did you get the time to say, you know, to deal with your pain? Driving on, driving in the car on the way to work. (laughs) Wow. Having to pull over and and sit on the ground in in a parking lot by yourself because you can't drive no more because you're crying too hard. Mm-hmm. Those type of things. While you're sitting in your office and you're trying to study the word or trying trying to get you know get your things together, you you become overcome. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, sometimes work takes a hit. Not parenthood, but work may take a hit because you can't gather your, yourself. You can't gather your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know? Being so broken. Uh, you know, sometimes you wake up out your sleep because you can't sleep. And so while everybody else is sleeping, you're crying. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is sleeping, you're up. 
that make you feel resentful in you at any time? Exhausted. <laughs> okay. I don't know about resentful. Um, mm-hmm. we, we exhausted and um, let me say this: when it comes to exhaustion, it's hard to fight an enemy when you're alive, but you're too tired to fight. Mm-hmm. In other words, sometimes a lot of things that we go through comes to steal our strength. Yeah. Because what we can't fight, we won't win. Right. It's hard for you Just... to box. It's hard for you to box when you're so tired that you can't put your hands up. Right. You can't even defend yourself. You can't defend yourself, so now you can just keep on getting bopped right upside your head and hit. You know, one of the one of the ways to win fights is to be physically fit. Mm-hmm. You know, to have stamina. But the enemy slowly, or your problem slowly, what it does is wear you out to where you're too tired to fight. That's why you have people that commit suicide and things like that. Yes. They just committed suicide. They've been fighting. But now they're exhausted and there's no more, they don't have no more strength. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, that's when God comes in because his strength is made perfect in your weakness. So when your arms get in way, he kicks in some strength so that you can pick your hands back up. Right. So was that your yeah, that's your turning point? Was that your turning point when where, you know, God stepped in when you were weak? Well yeah, I mean, you know, he stepped in then then I, I just had I had uh for the book's sake especially I refused to I refused to go down. I just refused to lose to this. There was a there was a, a refusal in in um the five stages. One of the five stages also was something called denial. Mm-hmm. And, and there was no way that I was going to. It was like I was in denial when it comes to losing. Losing is, couldn't be a part of my life. I'm allergic to it. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. And I, I can't. I can't go out, not now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just had this, this real tenaciousness mm-hmm. and strength that okay, I may cry, I may hurt, but I'm not going to allow myself to slip into depression. I'm not going to mm-hmm. allow myself to die, have heart attacks. Look old before my time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a determination. Okay. Determination. So there were still things that you wanted to do and achieve in spite of you going through what you went through. Um, when you say, I refuse to, you know, go down, did the kids have any? Uh, you know, effect on you saying, okay, I'm not going to bow out to this? Yes. Well, I knew my family depended on me. Mm-hmm. And so I know just like when my sister died, 
it caused my mother to get sick. When my mother went sick, then my father went sick. So, it, it, you know, it has a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And I, I've already seen it. So I knew now the next domino effect starts with me. I go down, they go down. The family gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. And that, that just, you know, too much was riding on my shoulders. So it's important overall to just have something to live for. Yeah, that you recognize it, that you that you come into a a, a consciousness of that. Mm-hmm. That you, you you know you can't die now. You got too much to live for. Mhm. Mm, okay. All right. So you pulling over on the side of the road, but you can't, you know, drive anymore. <gasps> Did you feel better by the time you got back in the car and went to where you were going, or by the time you left your office, or the time you ended studying? Did you wind up feeling better, or did you wind up feeling worse? Sometimes you feel a little better. Sometimes your whole day is damaged. (laughs) Mm. Boy, oh, boy. Okay. So this the the grief that people experience are really is really independent of you know uh of or it depends on the person on what they go through and how often they go through it. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how bad it's, it's hurting you that day too. You know, it's just you know sometimes a good cry, which is a release, mm-hmm. is it, it, a good thing. It helps. Um, then there's sometimes that it just don't help, and it, it, it'll take that cry and something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, your sister, she passed away before your parents. Yes. Okay. And then it was your dad, and then it, and then it was your mom. Yes. You want to talk about your sister in depth a little bit more well, in the book or no? Okay. It was it was my sister, and then it was my mom and pop got sick. And then Missy being sick, and I'm taking care of them, and they both in nursing homes. My my grandmother, my father's mother, dies. Oh wow! And so she died, and I had to work out all the arrangements for her funeral. And pay for it as well. Whoa. And then um, after that was my father's death and then my mother's death. So I um, I, I, really, I really don't have any family left except for one sister. My mother, mm-hmm. I have no grandparents. I have no parents. I have mm-hmm. no uncles. I have no aunts. Mm. I only have my sister. <laughs> How does that feel? What do you, when you look and you say everybody, you know, has passed on except for my one sister, and then, you know, how does that make you feel? Upset. <laughs> uh, just upset. Mm-hmm. Um, Does it make you nervous? Very sorrowful. 
um, at times that this this the family's gone. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not a it's not a great place, but my children mm-hmm. suffer because they often cry because they at their young age, uh, they're my oldest are twenty one, and I have nineteen, fifteen, and then eleven. Uh, mm-hmm. They 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 don't understand. You know, not having no grandparents, and they really don't have no grandparents on each side. Really? Yeah, they have. My mother's father's gone. My ex-wife, her mother died suddenly um, about mm. four years ago. Um, died just suddenly. Beautiful woman, uh, young and young looking. Mm-hmm. It stroked out. Boy. And died. <sighs> and um, was dead on, you know, she had her own apartment, so she was in the house dead for a couple of days before we even realized. So, um, they don't have, uh, and then they have my ex-wife's father, but he's a, he's a no-show. He's a, he's a dud. Don't show up, don't call. He's like he's always been. He wasn't a good father. He mm-hmm. was an absent father, so he's an absent grandfather. So they they suffer because they see all their friends with parents and grandparents. Mm-hmm. They they was too young to even remember too much what it was to spend time. What it what is. So they feel the absence, or they, or they they they, they, they they feel the absence, and they and it hurts them. Mm-hmm. So they don't, you know, grandparents bring a different love. Yeah, uh, they do. Know, your parents, you can get things out of your grandparents that you can't get out of your parents. Yeah, they save you from some stuff too. You know, they're, they're, they're another source of comfort and love to you, mm-hmm. and they are also a financial source. Yeah, they know, are, and they just love on you so much. And it's it's a part of family. It's a, it's, it's a necessary ingredient to raising a healthy home. Mm-hmm. But they don't have that, and they mm. feel it. What do they say? What do they do? Um, how do they communicate to you, okay, that it's bothering me, that I don't have any grandparents on either side? Well, we'll just be talking about something and, you know, the family and all of a sudden when you talk family, any of those discussions, they just go into tears. Oh, man. What do you do? I just comfort them, you know, Mm -hmm. know, because it's, again, most of the time, that's something that you can't relate as much. You know, I knew them as parents, not as grandparents. Right, right. They're her his grandparents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just something that you just got to comfort and love them and just, you know, let them kind of cry it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Does that make you feel good? It's hard. That, that, yeah, that's, that's hard, hard. To, see your kids, to see your kids hurting. It's hard. And not really. You feel, does it make you feel guilty at all? No. Just, okay. <laughs> just, just a sad moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And all of them notice the absence. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. For all of them except for my youngest, because she, she was just like an infant. So, you know, she's she don't know what it is. She don't know what it is to have it, to miss it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she's eleven, your youngest? My youngest is, is my youngest girl is, is fifteen. Fifteen, okay, okay. So she, she really didn't know because by the time they passed, she was only about three or four. Okay. So you know, a baby. Pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a baby. All right. Um hmm. Uh, all right. I want to talk about that. I think we got enough for that because um, we're gonna add on the the three um, the uh, five stages, you know, of grief. We'll talk about that, but I want to compare it to your experience. Um, even though the children are grieving, you know, they go through their moments and things of that nature. Like you said, they they they're uh, grieving according to, you know, having grandparents. You don't know them, you know, as grandparents. You obviously know them as parents. So is there a difference or a distinction uh, for you, even though they can kind of be compassionate and kind of understand maybe how you feel? Do you feel more so alone with your grief? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Okay. All right. So, is it a matter of nobody understands what I'm going through, or no? Nobody in the family at all. Not not your wife. Not your children. Not your sister. Nobody. I mean, my sister understands, but you know, she lives in one state and I live in another. Mm-hmm. And we just don't we don't talk about it. Is that um an unspoken rule or something you two agree on? No, it's just something I guess it just happened between us that we just you know we really me and my sister have never really sat down and discussed how hard it is. Mm-hmm. I guess we we just there for each other, we know how to text each other, and I love you, and do things like that, but, okay, you know, we've never sat down, I think it, it you know, after the funeral, like, I, that's the most emotion I saw for her at the funerals. Mm. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, you ever intend to sit down, or you just don't think that would happen, or Say it again. do you want to sit down? You want to have a talk with her, 
about how everything happened, or you just Mm-mm. no, no, okay. no. <laughs> All right, so at this point, it's not really needed, or you just don't have a desire to. We just don't have a desire to talk. Okay. I mean, if she ever wants to talk, and or she's grieving or hurting, mm-hmm. you know, I think both of us feel the same way. Like, if she needs me. I'm there. I'm there. You know, that type of thing. Okay. We're not just going to set up a meeting to say, let's talk about the death of dad. Right, right, right. I I can understand that. That that makes good sense. Um, So are there times where, you know, the house is full Everybody's laughing or doing whatever it is that they do, and you just, the feeling of being alone overwhelms you. Like, are there certain times more than others, like the holidays or birthdays or anything like that? Well, the first Thanksgiving without my dad. Oh, boy. And my mom. Because one died in December. Then the other one died in October. So by the following Thanksgiving, both of them were gone. Right. That I I, I couldn't even sit around family. I mean, they, they was having some big old function, Thanksgiving dinner. I could not do it. Mm. I went to the gym. I cried my eyes out. It was just a horrific event for me. I was like, mm. I was just tight. I was upset. I was hurt. Again, this it's all kicked in. It's kicking in. Again, they're gone. I, mm. uh, I, I grew up with family, so Thanksgiving was a time for my mind. And, you know, it makes you reflect. But that reflection is a further reflection. <laughs> Mm. It makes you look back on when you were a kid and mom and dad and all the Thanksgiving dinners and those reflections make you hurt even more. So they don't help at all? No, the reality is those reflections that you're having, when, when it really hurts, it don't bring smiles to your face. It just, it just makes you feel like, wow, that will never happen again. I will never be able to experience those times again, it's over. Good. Mm. So Thanksgiving has been a horrible time, especially the first, for me, the first. Mm. Well, I think, you know, the first five was horrific for me, just really. I couldn't even sit around. Now it's just touchy. It's still touchy, but I <laughs> sit down at a table and try to enjoy Christmas because my father died December 16th. Mm. Um, is this Christmas was the first time I celebrated? Really? And yeah, this was the first Christmas. Oh, um, oh my God. Oh, boy. This was 
the first one. And, no, I didn't know Mm-hmm. I made sure I enjoyed this Christmas, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it was the first one. I mean, one Christmas I just couldn't even. The first Christmas I just said to the children, listen, I'm sorry. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's not a whole bunch of guests. I just don't. I, I can't walk through a mall right now. Mm. I can't. Boy, oh boy. The second Christmas became the same thing. And then the third one, I would, you know, just start. I, I just wouldn't even go back into the mall. I just had no desire. So it just became, Daddy's going to give us money. And um, we go to we the store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, would you have rather that the family... Let me ask you this. How could, is there any way that they could have made you feel better at all? I think my, ex- I think my ex-wife could have made me feel better overall, period. Holidays and, and all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, her lack of understanding, the toll it was taking on me. And everyone just to think about themselves and what they're going through. I understand that what they're going through is minor, to, minor for what I'm going through. And if I'm the one that has to carry the responsibility of the house, then you you better get the you better get me fixed. Because of yeah. You are going down where people don't look at it that way. You know they they just take it take it like that. You know he's always going to do. He's always going to be there to make sure every bill is paid and everything. But you know. Well, that's all the more reason to make sure that's that you're taken saying. care of in my in, in my mind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying too. Okay. You know, I, I'm gonna try to push that brand. I'm gonna do everything we can to you Okay. Without you, without you, we sit on a park bench. And you park. better believe it. You, you know, better believe it. So. That's why Daddy gets the biggest piece of chicken, you know. He gets the biggest piece of chicken. That's why sometimes it's right. my way. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. My way. You know? Exactly. I have to agree with you there, but that also comes with you know a certain type of man. Mm-hmm. Every woman doesn't have the experience of that type of man, and they don't. Um, they've never seen it. And then they don't, they just don't have that experience, so they don't know what to do. But um, in any case, um, if they would have put off Thanksgiving, that first Thanksgiving, without um, both your parents, or if they would have put off Christmas, do you think it would have made you feel better? Would it made you have feel like, you know, she considered you? Holidays, there was no answer. Okay. And I would have preferred for you just to say, I love you, I'm praying for you, and let me be. Because I don't want to destroy the atmosphere for everyone. At the end of the day, you know, this is not everybody's problem. (laughs) Mm. 
you know, so you can't mm-hmm. gap, you can't destroy a whole family's coming together. But um, just let me be, you know, at least just don't aggravate me and put no pressures on me and ask me to do nothing. Just let me be. Let mm-hmm. me be alone. Let me have my time, mm-hmm. you know. And that that's all I wanted, to just be left alone. Let me just be left alone. Because no. at the end of the day, I don't, I don't want no pity, and I don't want. I, I'm a type of man. I don't want no rubbing on my back. No, mm-hmm. I don't want that. Not while I'm crying. Mm-hmm. Let me cry. Let me hurt. You know, but I, I wasn't left alone enough. It was still, can you do this? Can you do that? And I, I don't oh, leave, leave me alone. Leave me alone. <sighs> There's no time for no confusion and arguments for me. I, I, I don't, you know. But to this day, I, I won't tolerate it. You know, when I'm overwhelmed, I mean, back up. Okay. Just back up. You know, I, 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 I can't take no more in this day. Mm-hmm. I have to manage. I've learned that I have to manage you know, very carefully how much intake, you know, and have a cutoff because people don't have no cutoff. And that just mm. keep on going until you have a heart attack, stroke, you end up in the hospital, that just keep on going. So you That's have to right. have a cutoff and you have to manage this. Don't let them manage it. You manage it. Mm-hmm. Today I have done enough for the day. Mm-hmm. I have taken enough for the day. Now, this is where I clock out, and I'm not going to allow another thing to be put on my desk. Okay. No. All right. So if you don't like it, be mad. Yeah. Be mad, but I'm going to be healthy. That's going to be that. Okay. Again, having, you know, um, some decisions made from for you, so some purpose, some you know balance, some boundaries. You gotta uh, have those in place. You gotta set boundaries with these people, too. Yeah. Enough. That's it. Mm. I'm not trying to figure nothing else out today. I figured out oh. all I need to figure out in the day. My brain has worked hard enough for today. So, in other words, respect the balance because what you could have said or done is, all right, we're going to shut down Thanksgiving and Christmas. But no, we're going to have Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm going to allow it to be whatever it's going to be, but I'm still asking you to give me my time, give me my space. Mm -hmm. And yet um, they required or, or, you know, she required more of you than what you were, you know, able to give. Oh, yeah. But that's, 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 that's not everybody, but that's, that's everybody. Mm-hmm. That's everybody. Okay. okay. People of fans, they will see you, you will be in the hospital. Yes. They're going to move on. They're gonna move on. Mm-hmm. And if you die, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get your shoes and wear your shoes and your, and your suits. 
They get closed and they're going to move on. Mm. And don't realize they had a big part of, of you getting put in that grave. They're going to move right on. A husband will find another wife. Mm. A wife will find another husband. Yeah. Sooner than you think. Yeah. Hello. Okay. All right. Well, that's all right. Mm-mm. I'm not going to let that happen. That easy. Not me. Okay. So, again, that, that tenacity, you're not going to take me out. Not people, not emotions. You're not going to take me out. Yeah, you know what? It turns into that. Like, mm-hmm. I can honestly say with my wife right now, I actually, she don't understand, but, like, when you overwhelm me too much, it's like I start to put you in a category called my enemy because I feel like oh. you're trying to take me out. Wow. Because I done told you I can't think too much. He said and I done told you. Do it, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like you're my enemy, and now I got to, like, stop you. Okay. You gotta, I got to protect myself from you. Because mm. you, you're, okay. you, you're trying to take me out. And that's where my mindset goes. Mm-hmm. So um, you've been pretty fair from what I hear. I've explained to you how I feel. I'm communicating to people what I'm going through. Even if I don't, it's identifiable. Um, and this is what I need from you when these times happen, and yet it's uh, safe to say kind of like, you know, ex-wife and wife, maybe they don't consider you as much as they should yeah, um, yeah. when you're going through. Okay. Yeah. The ex-wife does. She does even right now. She does because he, because her mother suddenly died, so she knows, she knows. exactly what I'm going through now. She goes, she, she's no good. I really think mm-hmm. she has a breakdown to you. Oh, I really wow. I, think, uh, I feel very bad. That's why I get her pass on some of her stupidity because I, I really think she had a nervous breakdown, and that's why oh. she's making some of the decisions she's had. But she mm-hmm. understands, and she has apologized to me not too long after her mother's death, and she said, now I know how you feel, and I am very sorry. I oh. absolute just I just she said I feel like an idiot I feel like a fool because this hurt that you are went through I feel it she said I even feel the pain in my chest that she was talking about mm. it, it, it actually feels like someone when you lose your mother and your father mm-hmm. it's it's because you didn't want to lose them it's mm-hmm. just they were ripped away from you it feels like there was a tearing uh you know, it's like in your chest, in your heart, you feel like they were ripped from you. That bond is, mm-hmm. And, and it was like and I really had a physical, actually, pain in my chest. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So once my ex-wife felt that, I remember her coming to me and she apologized and she just kept on apologizing. You know, but by this time, we're we're divorced, you know. And um, she was like, I, I just can't say it enough. And I, I see today, there's times 
the children say she'd just be sitting and one moment she's laughing and the next moment she's crying. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. And that's how I could be. I could be laughing about something mm-hmm. and we only laugh and then you look at me again I'm I'm in tears. I'm, I'm just done. Finished. Mm. Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. Would it have made a difference uh, in the marriage had she, I guess, took note of that or decided to be more considerate of you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You know, but again, I'm looking at you now like you're my enemy because I'm telling you I'm hurting. I'm telling you I'm I'm like destroyed by this. I'm telling you, I'm asking you to back up. I'm asking you enough. You know, this time with my present wife, I've I've had arguments, and I said, listen, enough, enough. I need this to be dismissed now. It has to stop. Okay. I can't take no more. And she just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Oh, boy. Like, okay, I really need, and I'm like texting it, I really need you to stop. I can't take no more today. And she's doing it, like, say, on my father's birthday. Oh, no, 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 no. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, no. Some people just get a free pass, especially on certain days. Like, they just get a free pet. Don't don't ask them for nothing to do whatever yeah. they ask you to do. They get a free pass, especially around these times. Uh, and it can happen at any moment. So, you know, we got to be, you know, workable with one another. But when you know that mom's birthday is coming, dad's birthday is coming, uh, you know, Depending on who they are, I'm a, you know, some people celebrate other people's anniversaries. Some people don't. You just have to be aware um, and very mindful and considerate. Uh, so without people doing that, it makes you feel like you have to. That make that would make me feel even more alone. I know. I feel. I feel like. Oh, I feel like I'm alone, and I feel like I need to be alone. <laughs> You know, like some Jesus. <laughs> okay. No, that, that, remember, departure has been a part of my life, mm-hmm. and now it's it's you know since it happened there, and that's why I still go. I go. To, I actually now have a real therapist, a psychiatrist, whatever you want to call. She's a doctor mm-hmm. um, that I've chosen. Not church. She's just a professional doctor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm I'm going to really look at it as you're trying to destroy me, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm going to have that divorce right there because I know what it is to lose people, mm-hmm. and I know you know once I lost them, if I have to lose you to gain peace, I'll lose you too. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Yeah. You tell people just like that. Yeah, I, my my piece is my piece is priceless, and it's what I need. Wow, yeah. I have now gone through all of this. At this place in my life, I need a certain level of peace. 
Okay, it doesn't have to be um, every day, but it's a certain level of peace I have to have. Mm-hmm. And if you are the one in the way of that, then I look to get rid of it. Uh huh. So you, so mm-hmm. we, we have almost come to a place of divorce because, you know, you're not being sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving, giving, giving like I always do. I'm a giver. Give, give, mm-hmm. give. I've taken I just care of my children. I've fathered children outside of my family. Uh huh. I took a drug addict's kid into my house because mm-hmm. that, that child wasn't, you're on drugs. And I, I fathered her and, mm-hmm. and built her up. And then gave you the opportunity to get yourself together. So I've done that, you know, with, with at least four kids. I have I have grown people right now calling me dad. Okay? I'm a giver. I do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but for people to be inconsiderate and just won't give me yeah, in December you. around the death of my dad or in April when it's his birthday, my mom's her birthday. Give me... Give me those days that you just, when I say enough, when I tell mm-hmm. you, you know, okay, bring it in, and you mm-hmm. still keep going like it doesn't matter. Oh, if it doesn't matter, then to me, you're saying it doesn't matter if you get sick. Right. You're saying it doesn't matter if you have a heart attack today or anything. So now, you know, I take it much deeper. Yeah. I take it much deeper. In just but, an argument, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you're saying yeah. I I don't have no value, I don't matter. No sense us being together. So me, me and my wife today are still together because you know we went to a counselor and mm-hmm. um, we went to my doctor and uh, I don't pay God knows how much money to try to keep things tight. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last time I said, you know. In front of the doctor, I've had it. This is it for me. Okay. You know, I need her to go pack her bags and go ahead. She got to go. Oh. And I mean, she got to go. That's it. She's driven me to my to my to my breaking point, and I feel I feel a fear of getting sick. Mm. My chest is starting to hurt me. And oh no. Um, you know, I'm I'm out of fear right now. Um, I had severe chest pains one Sunday morning, and it was because of her. And then she called me and aggravated me the worst. <laughs> and, um, you know, I explained to them the situation and what happened. And, you know, it's like, what's going on with you? Are you crazy? You know, so I don't know what she's personally going through that's making her go you know, be so insensitive, but I said, I will pay for you and her just to talk so you can help heal her. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, because I can't take no more of that. So uh, once my wife heard me say out of my mouth, because I don't ever say divorce. I don't say it, like, you know, like threaten mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. But once now I said it, you know, I said, no, doctor, we need to divorce. We got we to gotta be separate. Now, let's discuss how that's going to happen. Oh, boy. Well, I think my marriage kind of, you know, we separated for about 30 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Well, this was recent. This is very recent. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm quite a peaceful place, and you know, um, I told the doctor when he came back, I said, it's been 30 days, and I've had so much peace. My eye is no longer bouncing. I had my eye was jumping. Oh, eye is jumping on my right yeah. eye. Then my eyes start jumping. I'm fine. Um, you know, she can't come back to the church or anywhere else at this point. I'm, I'm fine. I, I'm fine with her. So, yeah. I think mm-hmm. my being at that point that I'm very serious. And so she's back in the house, but she's mm-hmm. a lot more silent, you know, and helpful. You know. Thank you, Jesus. You know, she's kind of backing off and concentrating on trying to just chill out. You know, I don't need you running the church. You know, I don't need all that. We don't work good together as far as running the church. I don't. So okay. I'm going to run the church, and you're going to you're going to start building a life to where you're not looking at me for everything. You know. Oh. You know, I can't be the one. Every time you need your nails done, your feet done, your back done, your this done, your that done, all your emotional needs, all your physical needs, all your this needs. I mean, I can't be every. I can't be your life. Right, 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 right. I understand. I could be. I could be your partner. I could be there to assist you, but I can't be your entire life. Can't wrap around me. That's not love. That's something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when someone's entire life is wrapped around Lady Jackson, what's going to happen is Lady Jackson will be trained. She'll be trained. Because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. can't be everything to everybody or even to one person. You can't be everything. No, that's not healthy. And I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want you to have me like that. And I don't want you. I just don't want that. Mm-mm. No. You can't. It's, it's not healthy. No. So it's I mean, not. Now we're at a place that she's she's at a place where she understands. You know, you know what? Let me go build my life. I've been. I need to build something for me too. And so she started doing mm-hmm. non for profit, and you know, it worked. Yeah, be a contribution also to this house as well. You know. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I wish people had the guts to go through the process, I always say the best chance know how to take a hit so that they can, you know, come back. I don't know why as a people we get so afraid of just finding out. You know, yeah, you might get hurt, but um you know, let's 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 find out. At least we know. At least we have an understanding and you know, at the end of the day as I always say, I can't lose. I may go through whatever, but you know, you won't lose. It'll be something to you know experience certain things if it results in a certain way. But go ahead, find out. I say all that to say that I'm glad that y'all found out. That's all I'm saying. I'm glad that you you know you both took the chance to find out what it is, and I'm glad that um you know. What, what, what I, I do tell a lot of people, that I, I just use my own advice as well, is that, you know, sometimes you need to get out of this church pastor's, um, uh, preacher's 
counseling and go to somebody that went to school <laughs> that has Boy. a master's degree and a PhD and <clears throat> some some things because pastors yes. are not usually great marriage counselors. They're really not. They're, really? They, they, they didn't go to school for it, so how could they be? They just mm. didn't use their, their experience in a couple of books they read. Mm-hmm. That's all. I mean, I asked pastors not to really do that unless, you know, I went got certified for it. So at least I have a certification. I've been through some classes uh, mm-hmm. to learn the 12 steps to marriage counsel and things like that. But most pastors haven't even went and got certified. They don't have, mm. they don't have no, no qualifications to take somebody's life in their hands like that mm. and, and start counseling. Sit down. Give them scripture. Tell them what the Lord said. And that's yeah, it. that's it. And then refer them and then pray with them and refer them to a doctor. Every pastor ought to have uh, a couple of professional psychiatrists and therapists on their in their desk with their card and phone number that they say, now I want you to go here. Yes. Because that is such good wisdom. Yeah, yeah. What does the doctor do when you come in and your condition um, is a little bit beyond him? He calls a specialist. Yes, he does. He doesn't try to work on you. He doesn't try to do that. I mean, he's not qualified. Okay, mm. now we're going we're gonna to call this person. I would like you to go see them. Pastors, they mm. try to be a hero. They're good intent, but you're about to destroy them because you, you don't have what it takes. Mm. Give them balance. Mm. You continue to lay hands on them and pray and tell them yeah. what God is saying. But you let them go to a doctor, get this thing worked out. And with, between the two balance. You know, me and my wife was really at a bad place, and we're best friends, and we were at a bad place. That's my best okay. friend. And it just took me spending some money. <laughs> oh. 175 an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. It always one, takes some money, huh? Yeah, it takes some money. Because one, yeah. one session could be two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, when you really got some issues, and... You know, we went in there with me, 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 went, she went, I went, we went together, went together again, and, you know, now we, we're a lot better. And uh, we kind of, we're growing, we're making the necessary changes that we need to make to have peace in our house and peace in our life and to grow also individually so that we can be a great couple. We need to be great individuals. Right, 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 right. I always, um, yes, I agree. I have a good doctor, too, right in New York. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Bishop. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it just makes sense. I don't know why we, I don't know, get so deep, but it just makes so much sense to, um, you know, refer them to a specialist. I agree. Um, okay, so um, is there ever a time where you felt like, okay, you know what, this grief that I'm experiencing or, you know, when you go through your moments, have you ever said, you know what, it's going too far. I need to pull myself back before I go to that other place. Is there a signal that says, hey, 
you're going down, you know, the wrong end or going to a little too far in the street. Have you ever had that experience? I'm still going too far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When it came to the effect, that affection thing, I, okay. I, I had one season, and I'm happy for that season. I don't mm-hmm. take it back. And, you know, I know in the church world, it's like, oh, boy. You know, but sometimes you got to go through certain seasons. And I went through a season. It wasn't that wild and crazy. It was just mm-hmm. it was just plentiful. <laughs> okay. All right. It was plentiful. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it winds up hurting people. It winds up hurting people. Sometimes when you're trying to get some type of relief. Um, you trying to get relief for you. The, te- the task is always still to think about those around you. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to think about those around you. You want to think about you. Especially if they're not thinking about you. Especially if the ones around you aren't thinking about you. is definitely going to make you want to, you know, be a bit selfish, so to speak. I, I I I was I really went into a oh, a passion passion revival. Okay. <laughs> that okay. didn't end for a long for for a minute, and it was just um, I've always been like standoffish and like okay, you know, people like me and things like that. And I've always been like whatever, mm-hmm. you know, unselective and you know, but this time I was just like. Um, come what may, you know. And, okay. Uh, so if you throw it, I catch it. That type of thing. You throw it, and you somewhere my type, somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be a problem. And okay. You know, I I never had that because I was married by nineteen. Oh yeah. That's why I don't take it back. I was married by 19, and um, this was my first time having my own place. And, um, you know, here it is. Mom and dad is is gone, and I have my own place. Mm -hmm. um, Me and my wife are are, um, divorcing, and we're Mm -hmm. separating. We're just waiting for the paper to come back. We already signed it. Mm-hmm. And I am, I promise you, I, I, I was an absolute mess. <laughs> okay. So you had your experience. Yeah, but see, I, I don't, because I, I I know the world, I know what it is to be out there to sell drugs and guns when I was younger than that, teenage mm-hmm. life, I was really wild out. And because even through my pastoring, knowing how people take it very far, I don't, I, I didn't consider it that far. I just had one issue, which was passion. I was a hurting, hurting, hurting man. And um, finally had a moment where I was no longer married, really. And Mm -hmm. um, that hurt you. And I just, that's what I depended on. I, I loved every second of it. Like, you know, and then seeing what different people had to offer. You know, mm-hmm. okay, so now there's somebody Spanish and there's somebody, you know, mm-hmm. 
that's older than somebody younger, but I didn't wild out. Like, there was never, what I consider wild out, I know people that go after children. I mean, I, I, okay. I consider it standard, you know what I'm saying? Right, uh, right. I still didn't want no parts of drugs or anything like that. I remember I met some girl on a plane, and she was like, the, just, this girl was like a model, and she was like Philippine and something else. And she mm-hmm. was just awesome. And uh, me and her chase numbers, and I went to her house, her apartment mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And she took out this whole thing of weed. Oh. Did you smoke? She said, yeah, I smoke. You know, I, I smoke. You know, I want us to have a nice time. And I said, well, I don't think I'm going to smoke because I don't smoke. You know, mm-hmm. she doesn't want to be Christian enough. So I was like, I'll do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. Well, I'm just going to smoke and get myself in the mood. I said, oh, no, you can't do that. I can't even take that stuff around me. I can't. I can't even breathe it. She's wow. like, I'm. So to certain people, I'm a whore because I'm not going but so far. Right. I, 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 want, I want passion. I don't want that wow. Don't, let's not, uh-uh. We ain't, mm-hmm. I ain't getting drunk. I ain't losing control of who I am, where I am. We're not doing none of that. Okay. So for me, it was, I had a moment, but it wasn't no wild moment where I can say I was getting drunk, I was getting, you know, doing this, doing that. It still was a lot of standards, and it was still the of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And right. even for me, it was still going too far, and I knew it had to come to an end. When did you I know it had, it had to come to an end? I knew when it started it had to come to, it was the day it had to come to an end. I had already okay. put an expiration date on it. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. I had already put an expiration date on it. That I, I won't. This is only going to be for a season. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I remember preaching a message when I came out of it, and I knew that God delivered me. Because uh, mm-hmm. when God really delivers you, you can you can talk about it. Yeah, see, I, I'm very free right now. I can talk about it. Period. I can write a book on it. Yeah. I don't mind. Um, but the thing is, when I came to a place of God delivering me, I preached the message. It was just a moment. And that's what it was. And that's what it was. I I had a, a, a moment, mm-hmm. and sometimes people try to kill you. When you just have a moment. moment. Mhm. I'm just having a moment. This is not where I'm staying. This is not my final destination. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying that there's some wrongdoing. But I, I was just having a moment. Mm. And sometimes you have to allow me just to have a moment. Makes sense to me. Yeah. And don't keep me there either. I'm just having a moment. That's all. I'm just having a moment. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Agree. I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And when you, okay. and you really have assignment on your life, you know, you, it's good for you to set a date where you are. I got. I can't do that. I got to come out of this. But yeah, when you really have assignment on like God is gonna snatch you out anyway. He <laughs> okay. sure Enough. Enough for that. Uh-huh. My grace is all right. I've extended, and now mm-hmm. it's time for you to come on out of that thing. Mm-hmm. Come on out. That's enough. Mm-hmm. So, you know. 
to answer your question, there was a moment or times where I, you know, I felt like that's enough. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Um, you got you got at least three or four more books out of this one book alone. <laughs> but um, it's just it's good it's, it's it's good to know you, Bishop. Uh, a little bit about you, rather. Um. Okay. So, um, in chapter nine, I want to talk about the reader who has never lost a parent or does not have a relationship with theirs um, in order to understand how the bond was. We talked about um, your ex-wife, if she, and you said that if she would have been more considerate, more understanding, or at least gave you, you know, what you asked for at those times, that it would have been better. Um, mm-hmm. Is that the best thing for somebody who has never lost a parent or does not have a relationship with a parent? you know, uh, for them to do is to just ask you what it is that you want or you need and give it to them. Is is that what would have been, uh, is that the thing to do? I think communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having, having great communication. Okay. Um, you know, always willing to, um, to, be be an aid or help, trying to help mm. um, as much as you can, even if even if helping is giving you some space. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, and we got, I'm gonna tie that in with some of the things you said uh, moments ago in, in this call. Um, wait a minute. For those who have lost the parent they have a bond with. Mm. Okay, we'll do that. Okay, and we did that. All right, so that's pretty much covered. The expectations, we, we touched on that. You, you know, you still had to do Thanksgiving. You still had to do Christmas, you know, and be there for whatever else the children may have needed, the wife um, may have needed. Did you did you feel sour at all about the responsibilities, um, or uh, did you feel sour at all about the children still needing, or the wife still needing, even though you were grieving? Did you ever want it to stop? Like I understand, you know, when you need a space, you couldn't take it anymore. You couldn't take it anymore. But did you ever feel like I wish I, I wish? I didn't have the responsibility today. Well, with my kids, no. But my wife and work, there's times I actually wanted to say, that's it for me with the church. I can't do it. Mm. And pack it up. Mm-hmm. And really pack it up. Um, I think going through this experience it kind of showed me um, that for me, this is for me anyway, that pastoring really wasn't my passion more than it was just a, it was my call. And I wouldn't say just my call because the call is what what's more important. Mm-hmm. You know, you having the passion for it, you know, that's extra for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, being a detective would have been my passion. 
Okay. <laughs> you know, something I love, I just want to get up and do it all the time, no matter what. Okay. But preaching, preaching goes deep. Pastoring goes way beyond what I want to do. It's a pulling. It's an arrest of being incarcerated to it. Mm. I'm tied to it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it goes way beyond how much I love to do it or not. I have to love Jesus. But I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going to always love to do mm-hmm. um, what he's asked me to do. I do it out of obedience and out of out of faith. Right, right. So the reason why I, at times I really wanted to quit, but I did was because it was just that call tied to mm-hmm. doing it out of obedience um, and out of faith. So you said the wife, the job, the church, not the children. Yeah, the children, I always felt like, you know, listen, I'm my kids, I got to do what I got to do. Okay. You know, so, the wife, the wife is, a, is an adult. There's some things you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things you can do. So for me to always have to, you know, stop everything I'm doing and do this and do that, when those, those things you could have done. Okay, so is it safe to say that the children were not optional because they were helpless, but the wife, the job, the church work, they were optional because it was something that they could have done to be the answer to their, you know, query or Absolutely. is that what it is? Okay. All right. Absolutely. So even in your grief, you didn't leave people helpless. You or those who needed that help, you still gave it to them. As far Absolutely. as the children go, okay. Well, that's um, that's fair enough. You know, if it's something you could do. You gonna bother me with this? Yeah, I I can understand that. All right. So, your father, a father to the fatherless, you're pastoring, you're preaching and teaching, and you know you're married, you got this job, and then you're grieving. Did you actually feel weight on top of weight, like uh, just a whole weight on top of the your grieving process stacking up? Uh, yeah, it felt like pancakes, you know, stacked okay. up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then what did you do about that? Well, it got me to... Uh, uh, I, I I went past my apostolic rule and went and got me uh, some white Zinfandel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. You, uh, let, let, let me let me say this to you. Mm-hmm. It, it it is important, and I've learned it that a lot of my apostolic um traditions and raising would have left me to be insane. There mm. are some things outside of the church that do really help you to to live a a, a happier or more peaceful or helps you to just be at a place of just 
nice, like, were you good? Yeah. I'm not a drinker. I've never been a drinker. I've mm-hmm. never been. Today, I'm not a drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I just don't, I don't do that. I, I don't think about, if, if I was unfazed, I don't think I would be doing hard alcohol. I just yeah. don't want to But um, when I got, when my mother and father started to, um, my mother and father was real sick one day, and then my daughter had driven, tried to drive me crazy, and then one of these pastors really went over the top with something they did to me um, oh. as far as my honorariums and stuff. Oh, and, no. Yeah, this is a little secret. <laughs> uh, that night, I went to meet up with my friends, and I, I was like 32. Mm-hmm. And let me see, no, I was about, no, I was about 30. 31. I thought 31. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought 31 years old. And I said, listen, you were drinking, preacher, so order me something. I don't drink for the first time. Wow. <laughs> that night I did. And it was just a, little, a cup of, a little thing of tequila or something. I don't know, something tequila. Oh, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that thing made me have the giggles in such a way. I don't went to laughing and mm-hmm. I just giggling and it really it wore me out, just one glass. So Yeah, well I I then went out to eat one day and asked the person what what is sweet and not too crazy but that could just, you know, goes good and it was like, you know, like Zinfidel was a social favorite. Yeah. And that has been my thing, um, you know, going away, learning to vacation and get away, mm. even if it's for two days, you know, mm-hmm. it's for two or three days. I just get away, and I go to a nice jazz club where you can eat mm. and have music playing, and I have a, a white Zinfandel. If I really want to, like, be able to, like, really be nice, I have mm-hmm. two glasses of white Zinfandel, and if I have two glasses of white Zinfandel that night, it's going to be a wonderful night. Okay. <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. I'm really going to be like a little buzz, just a tiny bit, mm-hmm. um, but it makes me very um, sexual and mm-hmm. makes me be able to have a very nice sleep. And so, you know, when I do two glasses, most of the time I'm with my wife, you know, and... So, um, He's drinking Moscato, and I'm drinking uh, white Zinfandel, and then we have a very good time. It's just just relaxing. Yeah. So um, I want to say you creating another experience to relieve the weight. Is that what it is? You go on vacation, you have a glass, you know, you set up the, the night with your wife, you create. Uh, an experience outside of your routine. Yes. And it relieves the pressure you feel. A lot of pressure. Okay. Still still having a boundary because it's important to have a boundary. You know, I don't want, because you got to understand, nobody wakes up wanting to be an alcoholic. What happens, they they start one place and they end up another, you know. Right. You have to have boundaries. But I, I'm a person that has a lot of control, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. play that. So 
you know, I've never gotten pissy drunk to this day because that's just not me. I, I don't like that that, that feeling. Okay. But, um, you, like you said, creating creating a like I, I like creating a whole other world. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't. That's why video games are so that that business, whether it's on the phone and you're playing an app or whether, you know, because it gives you a whole other world to dive into. Um, but I understand where you, you know, just thought, I understand where you're coming from um, as far as creating that experience. Now, okay, so you go to the jazz club, you and your wife have a great evening. When you wake up that next morning and everything is still, all those pancakes are still on your plate, are you more apt to handle them? Or are yes. you just like, oh, God, here we go with this again? No, I, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. All right. I'm good. I'm okay. ready. Okay. Good, good. All right. So um, a safe experience, not not necessarily one where you're going out trying crystal meth, nothing like that, just an experience that's going to provide you with um, healthy and pleasurable relief. Yeah. Okay, got you. All right. Um, what would you say to your readers about uh, what they should expect from others being insensitive, spouse, children, family, friends, coworkers, bosses, cousins, aunties, uncles, what have you? What would you tell them to expect from insensitive people Um, I I would tell them to expect that they're moving on before you've gotten a chance to even to even catch a breath. You know they're they're they're, they're already into what needs to be done for them. You know, mm-hmm. continuing they're continuing life when you just want life just for a moment to stand still. They're 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 ready to move on. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't don't expect for life just now to stop around you because everyone else is still moving on. Okay. And they they, they expect you to move on faster than what you you know you know quicker than what you, you what you're ready to do. You know. All right. So expect them. To want to so in other words, um, even um, you know, with the wife and children, they want to participate. Uh, they want the um, they still want you to handle your responsibilities. The job still wants you to make the money. The wife still wants you to be a husband. The children still want you to be a father. Like, don't expect them to give you that pause. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they they they, okay. they still they they're moving. <laughs> they're moving <laughs> Okay, um, how would you, is there any way that they can prepare themselves for? Because see, I can get insensitivity from strangers. I can even get it from your supervisor, your manager, what have you. But I think it would be very hard for me to process that from my spouse. Maybe my children because they they're in need of me to you know, take care of them. But it would be very hard for my spouse or my confidant. Like, I, 
have a very hard time with them being insensitive. So obviously you've experienced that. Is there a way that you can prepare yourself for those closest to you to be insensitive? Um, I don't know if you can prepare your you can fit I mean, you you can you can maybe lower your expectation and make sure your expectation ain't is not there. You know? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. like uh give you an example, I, I had my god brother, he had a heart attack and uh his wife called me screaming when it happened. I met them at the hospital and the doctors came out. They spoke to both of us and said, you know, he died for a couple of minutes. He was brought back to life, but by the time he was brought back, so there was too long of a lack of oxygen to the brain. Oh my! He, he may never he may never come back into a conscious state. He may be mm-hmm. a coma for the rest of his life. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. So a week went by and. All the families at the hospital, just everybody that's rich. And we just stay around the clock. So after a week went by, I said to her, I said, listen, let's have a meeting. We, we met. I said, listen, don't expect this is going to stay like this. This is going to be a, a very lonely walk for you. Mm. Because if you don't come out this coma sometime in the next day or two, Everybody's going back home. Mm -hmm. Everybody's back to work. Everybody's going back to their responsibilities, back to their families. You're going to have to be here. Mm. And so what I was was getting her her perception and her expectation in the right place so that she don't be as let down. Yeah. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. For some reason, she still thought that <laughs> she didn't believe me. She didn't so, well. So she became very angry and bitter. Mm. You know, and it's what I said happened. Just that's the way it happened. Yeah, that's the way it happened. That's just the way it happened. Everybody, including me, my, I still had a father too that was in the hospital, and then I mean, he died. So I, you know, I disappeared totally as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think sometimes making sure that you already understand that this might be a lonely walk. Okay. And you already understand uh, for people to be insensitive and to, you know. Have to return to their responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. You just understand that this, this is going to be with you, you and your inner strength, or you and your God, or... Mhm. Okay. Um, so what what should they do when it happens? Is it best to I don't know, tell people your expectations like I think you may have to I think you may have to lessen your circle or change your circle. Why is that? Because Sometimes where you are, you 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 need the right type of people around you, and if you have the other kind, it's, it's again it's not going to help you. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to lessen your circle and have people that are that support and are that are very sensitive. 
you know, mm-hmm. instead of having the, the numbers lopsided the other way. Oh. Okay. That would make sense because then you got all these people. Yeah, and and now, now, like you, it, now you got 30 people who don't don't understand, just keep on wearing you out with more responsibility mm-hmm. than the and you only have two people that understand. No, you gotta change. You gotta you gotta turn that. Mm. You, gotta, you gotta flip that. Mm. Okay. So, the, uh, is it important um, to address the people who are insensitive? How? What is the best way to handle them? You got the two, okay, but the twenty-eight. That have been insensitive, or maybe they've had to return to their responsibilities. Whatever. What is the best way to? Is it? Should you say, you know, I feel disappointed? Is there a way to address them no, when they're insensitive? I, 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 personally, I wouldn't, because that's that's that that starts up argument and strife and problems. Mm. Because they, they already don't understand, so now they now they're gonna feel like you're offending them, and that becomes another problem. And now, on top of your issue that you already handled it, they weren't running around talking about, well, I was trying to be a friend of them, and look what happened. You know, they don't mm. understand. I think it's best just to let them play how they play. Let them do how they do. But you yourself made up in your mind to bring a gap mm. and a distance and to more merge yourself with people and bring more people into your circle that definitely understand you know, more people who had loss of their parents, loss of a loved one that understand. Mm. There's okay. A of, there's a lot of us out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you just you just don't 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 get into all that with them. Just 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 shift. You shift. 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 You shift. You make the necessary change. Without telling people, because you know, perhaps you might even say it wrong too, because you're you're already upset too yourself, you know. So it might come out really, you know, hot out of your mouth, you know, the wrong way. You might you might vent, and they they again they're not in that place of understanding. They don't understand. Mhm. Ooh, boy, and then you're trying to make them understand what they cannot understand. Or what they don't understand. No, I don't have no patience to make you understand. I'm I'm hurt too bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Um, the next chapter, we already touched on this a few times throughout our conversations, but uh yeah, we're totally talking about that affection. Now I don't know if you want to go deeper than you've already gone. Then you've already, you know, talked about um, if you want me to just pick up the pieces, you know, that you've already. I mean, we can, but you just have to edit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to edit. For you just sure. got to edit, that's all. Because maybe, that's, you know, with us really talking about it, there's something about, you know, because we just keep on touching on it, but maybe if I go into we it, discuss it, you have a little bit more to make that book a little bit more juicier at that, at that point. Yeah, because you know they want it. You know they're going to want, you know, to hear all the all the, the good, you know. Yeah. Um, 
So then let's do this. We can stop here, and then when we come back, we're going to really talk about latching on to, you know, others and how it affects the marriage and the relationship, how it's destroyed, how it can be kept together, all of those things. That's right. And then we're going to talk about your personal, you know, passionate, you know, passion for affection, so to speak. So um, we'll go there, and then we only have a, a little bit of ways to go. I'm going to send you and Tina some stuff, some of the things that I've already, you know, um, written after I incorporate um, some of the things that we've talked about over the past couple of days in uh, other chapters. This is good. This is really, really good. Um is there anything else you want to add or say about the, uh, today's discussion? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. Um, now, is tomorrow a good time for you at 1030 or? Let's take a day off and come back Wednesday. Well, tomorrow oh, Wednesday. So you want to come back Thursday? Yeah. Come back Thursday. Okay. So now I'm going to reach out to you anyway, and then I'll talk to you Thursday, 1030. Sounds good. All right, Bishop. Talk blessings, to you. blessings, and blessings. Yes, blessings and blessings to you too. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye bye.